Hello, and welcome to You Philosopher. Today, we have a special guest. This is Tyree Gilbert. He is a brilliant fellow who is, in fact, doing his own YouTube show in order to compete with mine. I'm pretty sure that it will very quickly uh, surpass me in views, likes, and comments. So um, I'm very excited to have him on because his, uh, his work has always been brilliant, and conversations with Tyree have uh, spanned many areas of philosophy and social justice and I've always been amazed with the things that he has to say. His show, um, well, what's, what's, why don't you tell us a little bit, of, give us the title of the show, uh, how we can find it, uh, if, do, you, do you have a Twitter going on for oh, yeah. it, all of that. Right. So the uh, show, uh, you can find it on Twitter, uh, YouTube, uh, there's also an Instagram account as well. And it's, uh, you can find it under the name uh, Blacknificence on YouTube or Twitter, either one of those. And uh, the shows generally span about five minutes. And we spend a great deal of time just talking about different topics relative to racial racial equality in each episode. Okay, what would you uh, go ahead and spell that out for us? Blacknificence. Oh, yes. B l a c k i n e f e n c e. Okay, I think fantastic. I right. um, so now the show's not out yet, not yet but yet. your Twitter is, mm -hmm. right? Okay. So let's get that out as soon as we can, because I think people are really going to love to see it. So today, I just wanted to take the opportunity to talk with you first about your goal with the show, and then kind of see where we go from there in terms of um, the issues of social justice, mm -hmm. right, and racism. Particularly, your show is going to be about... Uh, sort of, in the beginning, just opening up a dialect about the problems relative to racism, and it's just creating a space where people can talk about the issue. Very cool. So, um, are you suggesting that we don't have spaces to talk about the issue? And can you clarify what issue it is that we'll be talking about? Well, uh, in terms of having space to talk about it, it seems like there's sort of just two sides to the argument. And they're sort of facing in the complete opposite direction. You see, uh, some people would have you believe, just generally cutting it down, there's people who don't believe in racism at all, and people who do, and they can't seem to open up a dialect with one another and see each other's side of uh, the coin. And I sort of want to approach the situation in a level-headed manner and sort of create a space where people can come together and talk about both sides of the argument. Very cool. Um, so the argument then being, does racism exist or not? Right. right. And then, so some people are saying it does, some people are saying not at all. So do you think, all right, so here's, here's one kind of fairly obvious question, right? Has, do you think that this issue of race relations, and, and, and are we presumably talking about in terms of your own show, are we pr presumably talking about uh, the black community and the white community and their interactions? Right. Uh, I didn't want to limit it to that. I would spend a great deal of time talking about that because I, have insight into that. That's what I would know the most about. I've done research on that specifically, but I did want to cover racism eventually as a whole, just regardless of uh, what race it is, just racism in America everywhere, how we deal with it, how it affects everyone in their lives, uh, just regardless of what race they are. Yeah. So, well, first of all, I have to say, I'm so very excited about this idea. When you told me about it, um, just first, first of all, the idea of you having your own show is fantastic. I know that people are going to love it. Uh, but secondly, the idea of there being a space where we're not just presenting one side, 
Um, that just happens to be something that I personally really agree with, that we need, uh, we need a full dialogue. And it's really nice that it'll be specific to a particular concern and that we can really dig into that, that you can really dig into that. And so I look really forward to seeing it. So my question then is, so in the issue of race relations, um, do you think that we are getting uh, better or worse? In other words, is, are race relations improving or not? Well, my concern, one of, the thing, one of the things I did a lot of research in when it comes to racism is subconscious racism. And one of the most interesting things that I found is that people think this uh, idea of subconscious racism has gotten a lot worse with the dawn of, um, we've had more movies and TV shows that have these same sort of uh, character types reflected in them. So you'll see like, uh, they say comments like um, in certain movies, oh, there goes the token black guy. Right, right. Something like that. He's uh, the character for comedic relief. Right. Just the side character. Right, in South Park, they literally name the black character token. Oh, yeah, of course, of course. <laughs> Fittingly so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But perhaps problematically. But that still hasn't answered my question. Are we getting better or are we getting worse? Or is that too, am I being too simplistic? Well, it's, I mean, it's a hard question to answer. I, I would say all in all, we're getting worse in the sense that, uh, <laughs> oh, goodness. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In, in the sense that, um, it's something that's becoming just ingrained into our culture. Right. Well, it's interesting because what, what I hear and what you're saying is, uh, reverberates with, uh, uh, a philosophy teacher I had who uh, did work on sexism, and the work was really quite brilliant. Her major concern in teaching undergraduate classes was that people would think that sexism was done, that it wasn't really a problem anymore, and as a result, it was getting worse. It was like instantiating itself more deeply into our culture. So in, it's, it's kind of like... Um, I was just talking with some uh, some colleagues about this just yesterday. This idea that now that, to, to make an analogy, now that gay marriage is legal, people are like, oh, they, they, we, we no longer need to worry about that. The gay community is fine, right. right? We don't have to worry about that. And, and I, I remember when uh, Barack Obama was elected, and I remember people telling me, well, now racism's not a problem. Right. And I was like, all you have to do, this was at UNF in particular, I was like, all you have to do is go into the bathroom right over there and see um, Obama is a, and then N-word, right, scribbled on the bathroom stall to know, like, obviously this isn't the case. So it seems to me, though, really hard to make the argument that it's worse. Because couldn't someone say to you, well, I mean, Tyree, black people can come to the same schools now. Um, they don't have to sit in, you know, in the back of the bus, right? We're sharing water fountains. And in fact, someone might even say something like, well, I mean, you know, as, as a college age man, there's a chance that you have a better chance of being admitted into a college than uh, a white man with the same GPA, so on and so forth. So, how can, can we honestly say that it's worse given those facts? Right, like I said, it, it's a hard question to answer. I, but that's one of the topics that I want to talk about is like uh, people on one side who say racism pretty much done with, they, lot, they bring up points like that. Like uh, they'll say some of the things that you said or some of the things like uh, slavery's gone away with or that blacks <laughs> can go to the same school now and things like that. That's... Uh, 
that's something that everyone can get behind, I think. Mm -hmm. I think you can look at slavery and say, yeah, that was racist. Of course it was. <laughs> what, that, yeah, that, it was us. Well, most people, that yeah, is. I'm trying to imagine then, the point in time where people started to drop, where people were like, this isn't really racist, <laughs> right? We're just, yeah. we're getting good work done. Like, right. I mean, what would the justification right. be? Yeah, I remember Bill O'Reilly saying, oh, yeah, when they built the White House, they had slaves doing it, but they were well housed, they were fed, the government. Uh, so it wasn't really racist. Yeah, uh -huh. yeah. right, 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 right. Yeah, it's. I think it's getting harder to talk about racism because there's less evidence for, well, in some cases, there's less evidence for direct racism, but there's things, there's still evidence out there, like uh, police shootings, for instance. Right. Now, a lot of people bring up the point that, uh, well, there's more white people being killed by police than there are black people, but that's true in one sense. If you adjust for population per 1 million, though, you'll see that the numbers don't add up because right. there's a lot more black people being killed by police for the population than there are white people. I think it's more than twice. Right. Yeah, I mean, I remember checking a statistic not long ago that was suggesting that if you have a, a black man and a white man with the same um, criminal history and they're, they go to trial for the same crime, uh, the black man is far more likely to be convicted and far mm -hmm. more, we will get much uh, more stringent sentencing. Right. So, okay, well, this this does seem to get some traction, right? There's this idea of kind of implicit racism. I, I, I wonder, I wonder if we can also look at it in the following way. I mean, tell me what you think about this, because it seems that there's there's an argument to be made that racism is getting worse. Mm -hmm. Though I think part of the reason why we can say that is not all, only do we have to worry about these shootings and so on and so forth, but Maybe part of our definition of worse is that people think it's not a problem anymore, so it becomes even more kind of like deeply ingrained. It right. kind of just like becomes more and more okay, and so we start having fewer fewer people fighting for it. I don't know, but leaving that argument aside for a second, I've I thought that racism was getting better for a while, and then I learned more about institutional racism. Right, and some of these ideas that we're, we're touching on here, and I was like, wow, maybe it is getting worse, but at least the overt racism is less of a problem until last November, right? right? <laughs> and, well. and all of a sudden, I felt like racism, and not just against the black community, suddenly kind of became somehow more Okay, you know, so like there's been all these van, uh, all this vandalism of say like Jewish cemeteries, mm -hmm. right? And people suddenly seem very comfortable going, we no longer have to be PC. This is, you know, our First Amendment right to say what we want. So I, I mean, I wonder honestly, Tyree, if if we're not seeing a resurgence of just straight up overt old-fashioned racism. I don't know. It seems like uh, it feels like something that just changes along with the times. There's a I think there's a lot of s sort of a social aspect to it. The more people that get comfortable with something, the more people that come out about how comfortable they truly are with it. And then I think that sort of applies to racism within our country and how just throughout times, it seems like it maybe might have more of a resurgence at certain time periods. Right. It could have something to do with that. So just perhaps. kind of an ebb and flow. Yeah. Um, I know that uh, there's, there's a theorist a historian who wrote a text called um, uh, something along the lines of Lies Your Teacher Told You. Mm -hmm. um, Lowell, I believe, is the last name. And he talks 
about this nadir period of race relations, right, where we generally think of it as a time in history where from the Civil War uh, to now, race relations have been improving. But in fact, that there's this, this, there's this period where it got better, right, after the Civil War, and then actually got a lot worse, mm -hmm. and then started getting uh, better again after the Civil Rights Movement, mm -hmm. right? And so, for instance, like everyone thinks that Jackie Robinson was the first uh, major league black baseball player, mm -hmm. but in fact, he wasn't. It's just there were major league black baseball players before the Nader period, and then the Nader period around 1890 hits, mm -hmm. and race relations go to hell, Right. And they kick all the black baseball players out. Right. And so what we mean when we say Jackie Robinson's the first black baseball player is the, the first to get uh, recognition. Right, to get recognition, but also to fight past segregation as it had been legalized mm. here in the States. So um, I think you're right. I think that, the, that there is definitely an argument for an ebb and flow. I guess um, one of the questions then becomes, okay, well, let's say we're in, in this, in a, in a period in which, okay, maybe it's going to get and hopefully not for long and hopefully things will get better. I, what do you suggest in terms of ways that we can do to improve things? Okay, so, so we're spotting the problem. Is there, is there a way to address it? I think the best solution to deal with racism, or one of the best at least, that is, is just education. I think, uh, I forget who it was that said it, but I think uh, they associated racism with ignorance. It's just something that you see well, I, I'm more rather direct racism, racism, that is. It's something you see uh, associated with people who just don't have a better understanding of things. And I think the best way to combat racism would just be to educate people, mm -hmm. to have them get a better understanding of uh, the world around them and themselves. Yeah. So, well, so are we talking about something that sh should be happening in public education or, I mean, how do, how do we do that? I mean, because there's a couple of things that come out of this. Like, one, I can imagine someone hearing this and responding, wait a minute, are you saying that I'm ignorant? Right. Right, right. And so they might say, I mean, there's plenty of people who might hear something like that and go, well, I've been mistreated by the black community, right? So I've known people who have said things like, well, when I went to school, I went to a school that was largely uh, 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 a black populate, populated school. And they were very mean to me. Like right. I was the only white kid in class. And so they might say, well, no, this isn't ignorance on my part. I just happen to have seen and experienced blood. So first of all, what do we, what do we say to that person? Um, and then how do we actually address this educationally? Like, what do we mean when we say to educate differently? Well, the concern I have with someone who would uh, come to the conclusion of uh, perhaps getting a sort of negative feel for the African-American community based on maybe a, a particular situation they had with a group of black people is, see, I think that could possibly boil down to them not having uh, enough of an understanding of uh, the world. As a, see, judge someone or judge a social group that is based on your experiences with one particular mm -hmm. subdivision of that social group, that in itself is I think without them realizing it, racist. And that's uh, not to insult them, that is, but it is more or less ignorant. Right. I think uh, just getting them to realize that would be the key. I don't mean to insult anyone when I say it's a sort of ignorance that's causing some of the racism within America, but I mean, I would say that I'm ignorant to some things and in that aspect, I think that they would be ignorant uh, 
relative to the subject of racism. Yeah, I, I can't help but think, but put it in terms of, so they have studies that show that people who have, well, this is going to sound terrible as I say it, but people who have uh, pets are much more um, flexible to the idea of like animal rights. And it's because they actually like see their dog or their cat seeming to have feelings and so on and so forth. So right. I can't help but think maybe part of what you're suggesting, and correct me if I'm wrong, is like, if you are not around a group of people, if you do not know those people, if, and if you haven't met more than just this kind of token, right, or select group, mm -hmm. then what we mean, what we mean by um, ignorant is basically you, you have a lack of exposure. So you don't really mm. know fully what it's like to engage in this group of people. So maybe you think that they dress like this or speak like this or whatever else for this reason, but because you haven't really known them, uh, you're just kind of taking your best guess. And I, I guess part of maybe what the response could be is um, is this idea of, I know that many people who, we, so we number one have this idea that say Southerners, for instance, being in, in Florida, this seems especially appropriate, that they themselves are, are um, that they themselves are racist, but also they hear sure. that they're ignorant a lot, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. And so, like, when we want to give an example of someone who's ignorant or stupid in TV and media, so on and so forth, we tend to give them a Southern accent, mm -hmm. right? If we want to show that someone's racist, we tend to give them a Southern accent. But right. interestingly enough, New York is, like, the most segregated school system in the country, right? We would think it would be somewhere like Georgia, but right. it's, it's not because we went through so much trouble to desegregate Georgia right. that the self-segregation in New York is kind of, like, slid by. So I wonder if there's something to be said for we could kind of appeal to people like, well, when you see other people act like you aren't smart because you're a blue collar worker in the South or something along those lines, or because you're a blue collar worker in middle America, right? That it's the same kind of mistake. Like they don't know. They think that coal miners are just these ignorant smucks. But in reality, like if you meet them and you see the depth of their skill set, right, then you then you realize like how how much uh, about them you don't really know, oh, yeah. right? And how many assumptions you're making. So here's another question that comes to my mind, right? Um, what about your own personal experience, Tyree? In terms of- uh, In terms of racism. Dealing with, yeah. Yeah, I mean, what is it What is it like for you? I mean, if that isn't too personal. Oh, no, 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 not at all. Uh, I've noticed uh, there's sm small things. The small things every day that you'll notice, like uh, the thing I noticed the most would be going into a, gas, a corner store or a gas station anywhere, mm. and you'll notice the clerk every now and then you'll see them glance at you, and you don't think of anything of it at first until right. you notice it. It's it's the repetition of it, how often it happens. <laughs> that seems odd to you. Wow, that's uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. So now, how do you know you're not just being paranoid? Well, okay, a lot of people could draw that conclusion, right? right? Yeah, <laughs> I would say it's the frequency in which it happens. And now, some people could just say that, uh, well, because you're black, you're just drawing that assumption, right? But I've uh, I've heard people talk about it. Not it's not just me. It's I've heard it online. I've heard it from people publicly speaking about it. It's something that people in our community deal with, and about people in other. Uh, minority communities deal with right and that's when you have to realize that there's just too much evidence there there's a right. reason that it's happening and it yeah. seems to be relative to racism that yeah that is interesting and to, I, I feel like there might be an analogy and I, this is not a particularly good analogy because your experience is likely 
um, a good deal worse. But there is this thing where you realize, like, as a man, there's this kind of constant suspicion that you are, in fact, somehow aggressive, um, particularly towards women, you know, mm -hmm. that women, because, I mean, there's so much sexism here in the States and aggression right. against women that women are really sensitive to it. So, like, if you're, a, like, a man walking behind a woman, like, often they will become increasingly, like, like, I've kind of come to realize, like, it's really important that I make myself seem as innocuous as well. You know, because I'm already a kind of, like, small, villainous-looking right. fellow, you know? And so I, I kind of, like, kind of go out of my way, because I'll see, see you know, if, I, I, if I'm anywhere near a woman, it's just kind of look, like, is he looking at me for... Because what I did not know is how often women actually deal with people coming up to them, or accosting them, or touching them, or actually doing things. So they, they have, like... They have this concern. Right. So, so then final question. Do you think then that someone could reply to you, well, maybe similarly, I have this concern with you coming into the store. I'm giving you these sideline glances because that's what my experiences have led me to, right? In other words, when someone's more likely to steal from my store every time, right? I'm at a convenience store. Every time someone shoplifts so far, it's been, it's been a black man. Mm -hmm. So what do we say? to this well i think what's uh problematic there so i've done a lot of research into uh some of the claims that most of the crime that happens in america is proportionately done by african-american males and i think the problem there lies in the fact that uh most of these african-american males are forced into getaway zones or zones where there's just worse education and that's what leads to that uh rise in Crime for that social group. I think the best way to deal with uh, something like that would be to just maybe try and, I guess public education would be the best solution for that point there. And I, I understand where that uh, person could be coming from, where they say like, uh, well, I have noticed that there are more African-American males stealing from my stores, so I do keep an eye on them more often. But I think they have to realize that that mindset there could only add to the problematic right. nature of racism. Yeah. That seems to me, Terry, such a, such a beautiful way to say it and to kind of point it out, which is the realization that racism, um, even if you have some sort of personal experience, and I think this is what a lot of people's response is going to be like, well, I've had this personal experience right. with a black person, so on and so forth. I feel justified somehow, or I applied to a college and I didn't get in, but I know that this other black person who didn't have my GPA did, so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. The realization that in combating racism, which, which isn't something that happens on its own, right? Is that in combating racism, what we really want to ask is what kind of people we want to be. Do we want to be inclusive or exclusive? Do we want to be the kind of people who help add to the problem, right? As you pointed out, like through my suspicions and so on, do I want to add to it? Do I want to help make it worse? Or do I want to find a way to help make it better and be more inclusive? Um, so this has been absolutely fantastic, Tyree. You're just amazing to have on the show. I, I cannot wait to watch your first episode and I will be clicking like uh, with, with fervor. Um, so Tyree Gilbert, ladies and gentlemen, and everybody else, um, Tyree, your show is called Blacknificence and look for it in the very near future. It's been a pleasure. Thank you.